You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Welcome to A Step Further, the weekly podcast of Kingsway Christian Church. My name is Andy Lynch, Connections Pastor here at Kingsway, and we are talking with Amos Schroll, our worship pastor here today. Is That's a big topic. We could go in a lot of different directions. We Amos, could. welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm excited to... I get to do this and get to chat and just talk a little bit more about it. So, so th- this conversation began when Pastor Matt threw out the idea for the, the sermon series we're in right now, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know. And, and I started thinking, huh, you know, where did that, I, I grew up singing that song. Where did that come from? Where do songs come from? How do we decide what songs we play on Sundays? And so I said, hey, let's get on the podcast and, and kind of go behind the scenes for how worship happens. But but worship's such a, a huge topic. As a Christian, we worship with our lives. And so there's just so much we can go down. But yeah. let's start there where that conversation started. Pastor Matt kind of clued us in a little bit here recently about where that song, Jesus Loves Me, came from. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, he did an awesome job of really kind of hitting on that, setting it up. You know, Jesus Loves Me, written by Anna Bartlett Warner uh, back in 1859. And, uh, you know, it's it's appropriate that he talked about how it was the words that were spoken to uh, comforting uh, a dying child. And, um, and so just saying, hey, like in the middle of that circumstance, like remembering Jesus loves you, you know, and uh, which is like, you know, really the the story of the faith in general, like while we were dead in our sin and our transgressions, like Christ died for us because of his great love for us. And so because of that, we're able to step into life with him. And, um, you know, the refrain that, yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so, that was added, uh, I guess, three years later, William Bradbury. And um, for me, it's cool because it, like, it speaks to the effects that music has. You know, exactly. You talk about that. Matt talked about that with the concept of you know, music and songs, being able to recall different memories of people, places, experiences, and um, that's like of all different kinds. So that like, obviously for us, we think of that within the context of this song, um, but music as a whole does that. So uh, the other day, uh, it's funny, I, I so I'm the oldest of four siblings and I've got a, a now 16 year old sister and, um, and so, you know, there's a 15 year age gap between us. And so there's so many times where I'll be talking and be like, oh, I'll play a song. And I'll be like, oh, you've heard of this, right? And she's like, no, I've, I've never heard of this. What are you talking <laughs> about? And, uh, and so we'll play different things. And, um, and so, it j- but like, I can instantly think of really different things. And it just takes me back to like moments in childhood uh, or even, you know, more recently different things too. And so um, it's cool to hear one of the cool things uh, as, you know, the worship pastor getting to lead worship and, and uh, hopefully encourage and uh, lead people is like uh, hearing the stories of different songs that come up and say, Hey, that, that was really impactful for me. I was going through this circumstance in my life and it was exactly what God needed uh, to tell me in that moment too. And so um, music has an, an incredible um, impact and in, in being able to remind us of that, but worship specifically as a continuation of that. Um, yeah. It just serves as an awesome opportunity to be able to like, let God do what, uh, what only he can do and, and speaking to us, encouraging us and uh, just revealing more of himself to us. So. How do you pick the songs on a weekly basis? Like, th- does it take a while and you really delve into 
both the, the musicality of it, but also the lyrics before you do put it in the rotation or how does that all come together? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's interesting. So from there's like the methodology, the systems that, you know, we kind of have in place as far as, you know, uh, we look at it from the context of our team, context of the congregation, to context of the sermon series, content that we're going through as well. Um, so there's like the portion of it for our team where we're really identifying, uh, you know, we really kind of have a core of like 40 to 50 songs wow. uh, that we do consistently. And I'm sure there's some people that are like, and we only do that much. And then, and then there are like other people that are like, Oh my gosh, that's so many. Um, but, um, we really try to do that for a couple of reasons. One, cause like we're trying to, uh, get it to a point where, um, you know, on any given week, um, somebody could be coming in for the first time. They could be coming in regularly every single week. And so we try to, to really have songs that we're doing consistently that we feel like are speaking to us in that moment that hit on the content that Matt is going through. Um, but then also like we want it to go to a place where those songs are resonating with people that they, they know the songs. So it no longer goes from just reading words off of a slide or off of a page and actually like getting to engage with what they're, they're singing to, um, uh, which is a really big thing. It helps with our band, like knowing the songs as well too. So that way they have that same thing. So sure. um, it extends from the stage. You know, we really want to make sure that we're like really more focusing on like actually worshiping God, not just playing songs and really engaging it. So yeah, that works both ways too. And, um, and so a lot of times we're uh, one of the caveats is like for every single song that we do or add in, usually there's like at least 10 other songs that like are candidates that I would say, oh, we could totally do that. Like, I love this song. I love this song. I love this song. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so a lot of times it's, it's tough um, if you're also still trying to like keep that in mind of like, OK, we're trying to not do one song one time only we do do you know we've done that occasionally but usually we try to do ones that we're like okay we want to be in the rotation that that way it allows people to actually get to learn it and respond to like what the truth is in it uh, as well as being able to like expound upon that as well um so that's that's an you know i would say another big thing um you know really when we're i'm looking at songs we're looking at stuff that like really edifies our faith teaches us, reminds us of biblical truth, who God is, what he's done for us, how he's encouraging us, how he's pointing us back, uh, it points us back towards Jesus. And so, you know, we're, we're, that's usually a lot of the lenses, uh, that we're looking through. And, um, and I'm a big, some people are big melody people. Some people are big words people. I'm a big melody person as a musician. And so, uh, there's a lot of times where I'm like, man, the words of this are so deep the melody for whatever reason doesn't click with me. Hmm. And, uh, and so it's kind of like, uh, the Bible too, where I'm like, you could just read it. Like it's really, really deep and rich. But then when it comes to like actually like taking music and something that really grabs me, it's gotta be something that like takes it off of the page Mm -hmm. and really connects with me too. And so I look for stuff like that too. And, and so there's a lot of times where, um, you know, we'll, we'll introduce something new or we'll sing a song and then I'll hear people throughout the week or in the lobby or whatever. And they're like, 
just humming along to a hook in the song. I'm like, okay, exactly. That's what you want. You want it to connect. So that way it's like something that they take with them throughout the week too. And they're like, oh yeah, I remember that. It's really catchy. It grabs a hold of me too. And so again, it speaks to kind of like the impact that, that music as a whole, uh, musical worship, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, another big thing. It's not like when everybody thinks of worship, Mm -hmm. they typically, uh, typically think of music. And I think like a really big thing, for me that I, I usually try to remind people is, um, you know, Merriam Webster defines worship as reverence offered, uh, a divine being or supernatural power, mm-hmm. or also an act of expressing such reverence. And, um, Bob Sorgen and the book exploring worship, he teaches that worship is the attitude of humility. We evidence before almighty God and praise is merely the physical and audible evidence of worship. Mm. So again, worship is more of like, the heart posture towards God praise is like an actual external expression of yeah. that. So whether through singing, dancing, lifting a hands, etc., cetera, um, it's the external evidence of worship. And um, uh, it's cool. We've, we've talked a little bit about this. We've done, um, you know, some different uh, devotionals as a staff where, you know, we've kind of talked about um, Darren Whitehead, who's the pastor of uh, church of the city down in Nashville. Uh, he has an awesome resource called Holy roar. He co-wrote that with, Chris Tomlin, who's another, you know, really well-known worship leader. And um, he basically talks about the seven Hebrew words of worship. And uh, similar to uh, how there are multiple words in the Hebrew language for love. So, okay. again, yep. we say, uh, he, you know, he jokingly says, hopefully the words that when you say the words, I love sushi and I love my wife, they are not the same thing. They should not. <laughs> hopefully. Yes, exactly. They should not be the same thing. Um but, uh, but they, exp- you know, they, they're expressing something different. And so he talks about how those seven different words express something different. And so, um, you know, one is like the actual praise of like a loud shout, uh, you say praise, uh, you know, praising God, or another is like typically through the concept of raising of hands. Um, another one talks about praising God, uh, while you have yet to see, him move like you're praising him and in anticipation of the things that you believe he's going to do because you're it's testifying to his faithfulness and so we're praising him saying god um you know i've seen you do things before so because of that i'm believing that you're going to do it again i haven't seen it yet but i believe in faith and i'm going to choose to praise you too and so um i think like that's been an awesome like resource to kind of walk through as well um, one of the, the best definitions that I think I've heard is um, Phil Wickham, who's a well-known worship leader. Uh, he defines it as worship is our right response to the revelation of God. Mm. It's the right response to the revelation of God. Uh, and it begins it begins with God, who has first addressed us before anything, um, kind of like the concept of provenient grace. Like grace, before we were even aware of it, before... Uh, we did anything. He was already moving towards us in grace and extending his love. And he addressed us in love and in beauty and in creation. And when we see God for who he truly is, our only response is that that right, uh, uh, that we are saying that we worship God. Mm-hmm. The only proper response is to worship God. So, um, yeah, when we see that, like, evidenced throughout the Bible mm-hmm. of responses of people just responding in worship to God. And so it's, for me, that's usually how I always try to frame it is, again, when people think of like coming in on a Sunday morning, you never know where their 
uh, coming from, what they're walking into the room with, what they've been walking through, particularly in the past year and a half. Um, you know, there's been all sorts of different stories that we have seen and heard as a church staff. And so coming alongside and saying, okay, um, man, let's sit with you in the middle of all that. Let's uh, be Jesus as best as possible to support you and love you well and, and come alongside you. And, and, uh, and so that's, um, you know, the incredible opportunity in worship is to remind ourselves of first and foremost of who God is as our savior, as a redeemer, he's given us life, he's given us freedom. And so, uh, our right response to that is worship and praising him. Um, and even that's even when we don't feel like it too, um, uh, which is super easy to say when you're reminding people, it's very difficult when you are walking through those seasons and we all have them. Um, again, it's a reminder that like Jesus, uh, is known in the Bible as like the suffering servant. Like there's not many other faiths in the world that talk about like the glory of the cross Jesus going to literally die as the summation of the faith. That's the crowning moment, and it's the death of the Savior. And we're to take up that same cross. And so um, the the encouragement is that we have a God, a person that went through the exact same things. He can resonate with those moments as well, and he promises to be with us in those moments as well. And so it's because of that that we're able to worship him. We're able to praise him for the things he has done, that he's brought us life. Uh, and so um, I think that, that when I think of the concept of like worship and praise, I, I've heard it said that praising God, worshiping God when you don't feel like it isn't fake, it's faith. It's a practice of the concept of your faith come into life in those moments, because there are moments when that's not the natural response. Um, I thought you did an awesome job the other week when you're walking through Psalm 22 and it just talks about, um, you know, uh, literally like the words, God, Jesus is saying, as he's dying on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's calling out and saying, man, I'm experiencing this pain. And, What's cool is that it points to God's response in the middle of suffering. It points to praise. Yeah. It actually points to worship. People think of it's it's him uh, again. He's fulfilling uh, fulfilling that prophecy of like the testimony of saying those words. But he's like again. You mentioned that's a psalm that they all recognize. Right. It's a psalm they all knew, yeah. and so he is actually praising God <laughs> while he is dying on a cross. Mm. He's actually reciting that. And, um, and he, and he it does that with like many other verses as well. Um, you know, that's Psalm 22, one, um, and then like in the same way, like, um, Psalm 31, five into your hands, I commit my spirit, deliver me, Lord, my faithful God. That's the same words. Mark 23, he calls out in a loud voice, uh, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Uh, so again, yeah. it's the same thing. John, uh, last thing, like uh, uh, especially the end of Psalm twenty-two. You know, uh, they will proclaim uh, the last verses. They will proclaim His righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, He has done it. Mm. Uh, John nineteen thirty. When he received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. Wow. Like So again, throughout all of scripture, it's pointing back and forth and saying like, in God's darkest hour, in the sacrificing of his son, Jesus, Jesus perfectly displays our proper response in the middle of that 
in the act of worship, right. in the act of praise too. And so um, I think that's another thing that's like, um, that I, I feel like I take very seriously when we get up on stage, when we're, uh, and then when we're off stage mm-hmm. and in any moment is like choosing to realize that like the act of worship is an extension of like living out the faith that Jesus modeled perfectly for us on the cross as yeah. well. So it's, it's, um, it's not always easy, but it's always like, it serves the purpose of like bringing, like God is actually glorified mm-hmm. in the middle of all of that. Yeah. as well so it's, it's it's a piece of heaven i mean we, re- we read all throughout revelation how we'll worship the lamb how we'll worship jesus mm-hmm. and so i love that it's not just a sunday morning three songs and we're done you know type of mindset it is how are we leading these people by example into worship how how do we do that as a church how do we do that then all throughout the week and and i love that you're you're, you're saying that is, is that does it get cloudy on Sunday morning sometimes when you're trying to get all the technical stuff right? And, you know, you have five, six, eight people on your team that are all going through a bunch of different stuff, too. And you're saying, hey, let's worship even if we're suffering. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but the the hopefully if we're um, doing everything that we're supposed to be doing, we're doing our jobs right. Nobody notices <laughs> when we're running around with stuff, you know, all over the place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are definitely Sundays where that happens <laughs> and some more than others. And, um, you know, I'm, I, one of the things we, we've been talking about too here, uh, recently has been the concept of spiritual warfare and, you know, as Christians, we got targets on our back. And so the last thing that got like Satan, uh, our enemy, you know, he's roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. Yeah. He's looking for opportunities to be able to distract us, to discourage us, to be able to, um, to tear us down. And, um, and so, uh, especially when it comes to praising God. Mm-hmm. And so he'll use any, any moment, right. anything to get a foothold and to, to distract us from that. And so, yeah, there are definitely moments where, uh, on Sunday morning, that's a thing. Maybe we're going through a really, really tough season. Um, you know, uh, we've got a team of about 60 to 70 volunteers in worship and production, mm-hmm. And they're, they each represent a different story right. of God uh, working in their lives, which means they all have different things that are going on, yeah. uh, whether that's health stuff, whether that's relational stuff, um, job stuff. And, uh, and so it's a cool opportunity, again, for us to practice the things that we are singing and doing on stage right. to actually worship God in the, no matter the circumstances. And it's an awesome opportunity to be able to represent the community that, um, that we find in church, we find in Christ. And so I think that's another like important reminder for me too. you know, um, usually when we're thinking about the concept of that and inviting people into that, it's like, man, no, like we want this for you more than one of the things Matt says all the time is we want, things for you more than we want it from you. Right. And, uh, and so it's like inviting people into that opportunity to be able to like really find community and find friendship and relationship and care when they're going through different and, uh, different circumstances, difficult times too. uh, we're able to better be the body for one another as well. And so that's one of the things that I love about our team as we are worshiping, we're called to be the worship leaders and go out in front. Um, you know, there's, there's awesome, examples of like different things that we we find through worship uh we you know one of the things we experience is victory through worship Mm. 
And um, there's multiple instances, uh, like particularly with God's chosen people, the Israelites, um, Exodus uh, 17, it talks about where uh, they're being attacked by different uh, a different nation, the Amalekites, and they're, they're fighting. And uh, Moses goes up on a hilltop and he raises his hands and worship to God. And when he's doing that, they experience victory. When his arms lowered, they began to be overwhelmed and overtaken. And so he actually had uh, two of his assistants, uh, uh, Aaron and her, and they hold up his hands on both sides. Uh, and it was in that moment because of that, because of the praise that happened because of that, like they experienced victory. Yeah. And so we are able to experience victory in the middle of that in worship. That's why we encourage people to, to lift their voices, lift their hands mm-hmm. in submission to God, saying, God, I can't do this, but you can. Right. And, um, and so uh, that's, that's, um, yeah, that's actually where the, the, the saying of like uh, God, who God is, one of the names of God, Jehovah Nisi, which is uh, uh, God, my, the Lord, my banner, essentially. Okay. So he's the banner. Uh, banners identify uh, and unify a group. They celebrate, they honor, they commemorate victory typically. And so, uh, even that name of saying like, God, you are my banner. You, I find victory in you. Identify in you and the victory that I find in you. And so we're able to experience that through, uh, through worship. There's another instance in second Chronicles where again, Israelite people under attack and they're, they're, praising God or they're, they're looking to God for to know what to do. And he, and the response uh, is like, you will not have to fight, take up your position, stand firm, see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, which echoes many of the callings that he's saying to the Israelite people. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged because I'm with you. Go and face them tomorrow. The Lord will be with you. And uh, he, uh, so they go out to fight and literally like God comes in, and confuses everybody. And the crazy thing is in the middle of that fight, they didn't send out the warriors first. They sent out worshipers. They yeah. sent out the worship leaders out in front of everything. And so in the middle of all that, which is like, that would be like the equivalent of like sending me and Matt out <laughs> to go fight a battle. Right. Like probably not the dudes that you want, like, you know? Uh, and That's so, pretty scrappy. I don't know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so literally they go out, they're praising God and they experience victory because of it. And the response in the middle of that is really cool. They get to the end of the story and they say immediately after they experience victory, it says the name, the name of the, uh, the King, his name is Jehoshaphat. What an awesome name. Yep. Uh, it says he bows down with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worship before the Lord. Hmm. Then some of the, uh, uh, some of the Levites who are the priests of the, uh, again, if you will, um, uh, the people uh, leading at the time, interceding on God, uh, on their behalf in front of God, they stood up, they praised the Lord with a very loud voice. Yeah. So, uh, for me, that's always one of those things of like, you know, people ask on Sunday mornings, the different styles of music, different volumes and things of that nature. We use everything. I I like to say that God is, uh, he's the God of both, um, uh, the big and small and, uh, the loud and quiet, uh, he speaks through thunder and lightning and fire. He also speaks in a still small voice. And so we use everything in between to be able to praise him. And, uh, but yeah, it just speaks to the victory that we find in him. And, uh, that, I mean, that's, that's why we worship. We have a reason to sing because we found victory 
in Jesus. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you for all you do. Uh, it, it, it all goes back to Jesus loves me, just like this series is talking about. He loves us, and so we get to proclaim his goodness, and uh, we certainly appreciate you and your team, and keep leading well.